What's up, world? Welcome to the Melanin Money Show, the official destination for personal finance, entrepreneurship, and wealth building for melanin millionaires. We will teach you the tools, the tips, the tactics, the hacks, and strategies you need to learn to become financially free so that you can be the wealth starter and legacy lever for your family. And I'm your host, George Action Palm, accompanied by co-hosts Jacqueline Shattuck and Carter Cofield. If you're ready to begin your journey to become a melanin millionaire, tune in, take notes, and let's go. What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Melanin Money Show. And we got Jacqueline back, y'all. What's up, Jacqueline? How you feeling? Oh, I did miss that week. I thought I was here, but sorry, y'all. Um, um, we're going to talk about these these black equity conversations, but I was taking care of my grandma and she doesn't have Wi-Fi at the crib. So <laughs> kind of lost out on the Zoom, but I'm here. I'm back. I'm better. I got a lot going on for y'all. I, I'm bringing it. I'm bringing it today. What's up, Carter? How you feeling? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Well, happy to have you back. I had to carry your weight last time. So I'm happy to know that, you know, I'm saying you're going to hold it down for us. No, but that's all good. I'm happy to be here, y'all. Um, back in L.A., I've been doing a crazy amount of traveling, different masterminds, and just, you know, success is a convenience. So anybody want to be successful, it's going to take some travel, and it's not going to be convenient, but it's worth that's it. That's a fact. I actually saw, I think I saw you post something the other day. Or is Shan's out and he's out in LA? Yeah. So I just, I just went to the recording of the social group podcast in LA. He's actually going to do, have an LA studio here. So he's going to be coming here every month. Uh, Ellie was on the episode. It was super dope. I just came to support. So yeah, man, it was uh, a good time. I think it's about time for me to uh, pull back up on, pull back up on. I'm an OG. I was in 2018. Yeah, yeah, you was early. You was yeah, early, early. early yeah. You got to yeah. hit him up. Like, it's time for that re-rock, Yeah, bro. I, need, I need that reboot. I need that reboot. I like, <laughs> hey, I like that you're an OG of social proof. Can we shout out our OGs real quick, though? Like, who's an OG of the Melody Money show? It's, it's, been, it's been a year almost. We're, well, all, we're almost honestly, on our one-year anniversary. Is that a thing? anniversary. I'm almost wondering if the stars will align where we'll have like 100 episodes by August 1st. I'm trying to think. We might, we might be close. Um, but yeah, who, was one, some, who are some of our early guests? Uh... The first guest hand? we had was actually Ellie. First guest we oh, had right. yeah, in Miami. Moment. Yeah. In Miami. And that was in, what was that? Uh, no, October? October. Yeah. yeah. October. Yeah, man. So it's, it's been a fun, fun journey, man. Like so far, so good. We really rocking out. We appreciate the love, appreciate the support. The reviews will probably read one today. As y'all can see, the in-person podcast, we're starting to intertwine those. Uh, before you know it, it'll kind of be a disproportion where you'll see more of that than you see of this. But we're enjoying the journey, guys. So thank you guys for the support. Um, all the feedback is, is, is tremendous. So today, we thought that we would talk about some Black equity conversations. Why? Because Black Equity Con is just a couple weeks away, right? And so hey, I want to make sure it. that... Drop, drop the cat. There we go. Um, Black <laughs> Equity Con is just a couple weeks away. And so we thought, why not have some Black Equity conversations, right? I'll give Jacqueline the, the, the credit to, for the title. That was, great. That was a great title, Jack. You came up with that on the, on the spot, too. Kudos to you. I also took it from somebody else who is leading the charge on this. But hey, we're all, <laughs> hey. all charging people to the conference, okay? So y'all grab your tickets, all right? Awesome. Awesome. Well, guys, yeah, I mean, equity... As you always guys will hear me say, there's a difference between equity and compensation, right? And Carter is our resident tax guru. He loves this, right? Because compensation, that's how you that's what you get taxed on 
the highest, right? Like the money that comes from your paycheck, whatever, like that's how you tax the highest. However, equity, i.e. ownership, i.e. being a business owner or owning investments, that is where the game is played at the highest level, right? And so the reason why we want to talk about equity is because equity can be transformative uh, when it comes to building wealth. We always hear about the buzzword of building generational wealth, but just like, how do you do that? Right. And to build generational wealth, you got to have equity in a lot of stuff. You got to have equity in the business. You got to have equity um, in real estate. You got to have equity in the stock market, but you got to have equity somewhere. And so we wanted to like bring that full circle ahead of Black Equity Con and just talk about some of the power plays that are happening in the culture and just give our perspective on it. Facts. But I want to give Carter his flowers real quick, y'all. Well, we having these Black Equity conversations. Don't make that face. (laughs) If y'all on YouTube, Carter's like, what? Me? I'm so shocked. Okay, so Carter and I, I had the pleasure to get to speak in front of what we had. We had like 400 people RSVP for that. And Carter was able to gift his older sister, right? She's older. Older sister, a car, but not just any car a Mercedes Benz and I was like you almost brought me to tears because you were like you know my sister's been there for me and I just wanted to return the favor for her having always taken care of us and I'm like I'm about to cry because I'm like oh my gosh this is so sweet (laughs) this is what black equity is for right like I'll, I'll explain what what black equity means to me fully but carter i really want you to take a moment to share what black equity means to you because i know if you didn't believe in black equity you wouldn't have been able to buy that car for your sister no absolutely and first of all thank you for bringing that up i had no idea where you were going with this but um but yeah no it was uh it was one of the best experiences i've had in the last decade and it just shows me that you know giving is better than receiving right and but to your point with black equity is like this wouldn't be possible if i didn't own businesses if i didn't own companies if i don't own assets right like my assets are going to pay for that car hands over fist right so um what black equity means to me is putting yourself in financial stability and really my goal with my family is to shift the narrative it's not just about buying the car it's about mm-hmm. like we went from being poor to now everybody in our family has a mercedes-benz like we said we're a mercedes-benz family now and yeah. And it's dope to just shift the narrative of like we went from a poverty entrenched family to now we are starting to believe that we're worthy of um, equity, black equity or we're worthy of nice things. So black equity means to me is shifting the narrative from generational curse to being about generational wealth. Love wow. that. Love that. Yeah, love it, was it. Dusty. it was real dusty in my room. I was looking at the post. I was like, man, <laughs> I said, man, we need to call the cleaning lady. It's something <laughs> with some black mold in here. I don't know what the hell going on, but uh but now that was a very, very dope. Crying. I feel like there's, there's a couple things that I'll say um, that you guys may have heard me say before. But to me, black equity is the literal definition of equity, right, which is ownership. And so when we talk about black equity, I think a lot of people get confused because they're like, oh, we have these back and forth about should you rent or own? You know, should you lease a car? Should you buy a car? Like, how should that work? And I tell people, I'm like, look, there's nothing wrong with leasing an apartment. There's nothing wrong with leasing a car. You know, there's nothing wrong with borrowing things and taking money. I'm like, but at the end of the day, you have to own things in order to build wealth. So it's just a fact of figuring out the perfect combination for you of what you need to own in order for you to have assets that pay for everybody in your family to have a bins, right? In order to have assets that pay for you to be able to travel, right? So it's just about 
owning the right things. What's right for you? Because I've heard a lot of people who are like, you know, I do all of these things. I have all of these businesses. And I'm like, is all of that right for you, though? Is all of that thriving? Like what one thing is going to help you and your family to, to thrive? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And for me, it's real simple. Um, riches is measured in money. Wealth is measured in time. So for me, uh, wealth and Black equity in general is all about owning my time, being able to do the things that what I want to do, when I want to do it, with the people that I want to do it with, or however the hell long I want to do it for, right? That's what wealth is to me, being able to say no more than I say yes. That's what wealth is to me, because I feel like a lot of times we like, I think I've said this once before, but like your, your, no, most people have not had an opportunity to truly make the best decision for themselves because most of their decisions are relative to their circumstances. Right. And I just personally don't want to make decisions that aren't strictly in alignment with what's best for me. Now I would, I'm only saying yes to this because it's the extent of what I have the capacity to do or what I have the resources to do. I'm saying yes to this because I want to. I'm saying no to this because I don't. And there's no, nothing hinged upon that as a variable. For me, that's what it is. It's about options. It's not about passing a house down to my, to my son. Man, I really can say that now. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not about, it's about options, right? It's about him being able to say, you know what? College is right for me or I'm going to go right in entrepreneurship. But whatever I choose, I have that choice because wealth is literally the sum total of options unexercised. Wealth is what you don't see. And that's why it's so hard to build because it's really unexercised options. It's all the things I could do, right? Um, but I've given myself so many options that, you know, when and if I ever do want to exercise them, I can, but it doesn't mean I, I'm, I'm going to do it. Me and Carl talk about this all the time, like with fl- flying private. It's like, okay, yeah, we could do that every, you know, if we wanted to consistently, but it's like, is it really something that I want to do? You know what I mean? Is it worth it? The way these ticket prices look these days, Hey, look, I'm telling y'all this traveling, man, if these flights weren't tax deductible, your boy would be sitting his butt in the Korea because these airlines get the best of me. Yeah, I saw this one dude, he was like, uh, y'all trying to get that uh, get that pandemic money y'all lost back in blood. Ain't nobody tell y'all to make them flights that cheap? (laughs) 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 Ain't nobody tell y'all to make them flights that cheap. But uh, but yeah, let's get into some Black equity conversations, though. Um, Let's get into some Black equity conversations. But like, are y'all good for time today? Y'all got time? Oh, I always got time for Black Equity. I always got time? Okay, all right. So listen to what Nisha Plowden said, okay? Nisha Plowden gave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and said, financial education at its finest. Everything about the melanin... Wait, first of all, do y'all know Nisha? No, personally? Yeah, I want to make sure it's not biased. I don't know Nisha, but hey... We appreciate you, Nisha. We know you now. You're part of the family. We appreciate you. And we got a shirt for you. You just need an email member. What's the email? You can email uh, customer service at melaninmoney.com. Boom. Customer service at melaninmoney.com. We got a shirt for you so you could really be part of the family. But she said everything about the Melanin Money Show podcast and Melanin Money Club is amazing. The crew gives so many jewels to educate the community and they give practical steps on how to truly achieve financial security and freedom. This group is truly knowledgeable and passionate about the community. If you're looking to enhance your life or lifestyle, the Melanin Money Show podcast is definitely the place to be. And Nisha is not lying. She's not playing any games either. We appreciate you, Nisha. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all, Absolutely. Y'all got 100 ratings. We almost got 100 five-star ratings, y'all. We had 77. So if y'all want to help us out, go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. And give leave us a five-star review, right? And for our YouTube family, we forgot about y'all. We're going to start reading some comments off YouTube as well. Uh, we're almost at 1,000. Um, it's going to feel so humbling like a year from now when we're saying it's about 100,000 subscribers, but we're almost at 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. So if you want to push us over the edge there, uh, go ahead and follow, or excuse me, subscribe to our YouTube channel and engage because that way you get to see us, right? Like you get to see us. And I think that's, you know, equally as dope as listening to us as well. Yeah, Jacqueline doesn't get her hair done for no reason, y'all. So y'all gotta watch it. You know <laughs> and normally, like I, I actually normally, you know, Carter jokes with me about it. I, I kind of like strategically used to align my haircut days to be close to close to uh, podcast days. I didn't get a chance to do it this time, but um, but yeah, guys, uh, thank you guys so much for the support. Like we love it. We really appreciate it. So Have you ever wondered what it would be like to have a personal financial advisor that you could ask questions to to help you navigate, you know, spending decisions, help you, you know, figure out investments that make sense for you to help you achieve financial success? Well, you no longer have to wonder that because we created that inside the Melanin Millionaires Club with our flagship feature, Pocket Advisor. With Pocket Advisor, it's just like it sounds. You have an advisor right in your pocket where you can ask a real expert, real questions in real time to help you navigate your journey towards financial success. So if you want to learn more about that, click the link in the show notes, go to melaninmoney.com forward slash pocket advisor to learn how you can get an advisor in your pocket for less than $2 a day. Uh, The first black equity conversation we want to have is let's shout out to Pinky of Slutty Vegan. Slutty Vegan is the most popular arguably the most popular uh, vegan, uh, I would say fast casual uh, restaurant, right? They got burgers, fries and all that jazz and some pretty cool desserts. Shout out ATL. Shout out ATL. That's where it originated at. Shout out out to ATL. It's coming to Charlotte though. You know what I'm saying? Um, But Slutty Vegan is really, really dope. Um, Pinky was a serial entrepreneur. She's always been really good at branding um, and launched this, this viral sensation that is slutty vegan, right? People literally waiting outside and lines around the corner. She does pop-ups in different cities. Um, and people literally will wait hours for a beat. The word, you can't tell me the world ain't changing. Yeah. And a burger period. Yeah. You know what I always think about? Like when you, I know the other restaurant owners, they're just looking like, what is she doing so different? That, like she got literally people waiting three hours for a burger that takes 10 minutes to make and they can come to my restaurant and get one right now. Um, so just shout out to Pinky. <laughs> hold on, hold on a second. Let's back, up. let's back up really quickly. Okay, so y'all, the goal for this, because I like how we get comments that people are like it's super tactical, they give me something to do. Okay, so the goal for this podcast is for y'all to understand these people that we're highlighting and how you can do the same thing essentially, right? Because a lot of times we think that building black equity is this like esoteric thing that nobody can touch. Right. And it's like, oh, that's not for me, but we're trying to make this relatable. So you guys understand this is for you as well. So as George was saying, you're like, yo, other owners are like, why can't I do that? Mm-hmm. You got to cry. So you wanted the answer? <laughs> the, the answer is you got to find your secret sauce, right? Like all puns intended, but like she, she knows her zone of genius and whatever she touches turns to gold. But um, the reason why we brought her up and not just to shout out her phenomenal restaurant is she recently raised um, a funding round that now has her company value at a hundred M's, right? hundred million dollars, y'all. 
hundred million dollars. Uh, how many restaurants does she have? A burger is fifteen dollars. Four or five, not 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 a, not a ton, but like four or five. But but they're they're valuing the entire ecosystem of her brand, though. You know, what right. I'm saying the name, um, the fact that she's gotten so many offers already to franchise. Um, but so yeah, hundred million dollar company at this point, black woman crushing it. Shout out to her, and it just shows you like. Because most times you see those types of valuations, it's tech companies. You think, well, the only way to get that type of valuation, I got to have some type of product, some technology. But it just goes to show you, no matter what your business is, if the market wants it and enough people want it, right, you can turn it into something serious. So shout out to Pinky. Pinky, we got to get you on the podcast. Matter of fact, you know what I'm saying? We got to get you on the show and putting it out there. So maybe she's at Black Equity Con. Say it again. Maybe she'll be at Black Equity Con. Is that yeah, what you're she, saying? Yeah, she might, but I'm, I'm pretty sure she probably already got her. Uh, ooh, I just got a notification for my portfolio. Let me show. <laughs> but no, I mean, <laughs> hopefully she'll be there. But no, like, seriously, I think another piece to it is like the power of building a brand, right? This is a burger company, yeah. a vegan yeah. burger company. I think that she could have blew up whatever she wanted to That's do, true. right? But she took like literally one of the harder routes ever. And blew up this, um, you know, vegan company to be what it is. And it shows you if you have the knowledge, the acumen to build a brand, there is you can build a brand around anything. And if you yeah. build a brand properly, people will come. And it's a difference between branding and marketing and advertising. But this a brand is sticky. Like I'm looking at some of her pop up shops that she did. Man, like the lines are around the corner. And yeah. you know, for all the business owners out there, like focus on building a brand around your business, man. Because uh, if you build yeah. the right brand, people will, people will come in droves. 100 M's. Yeah, because the thing, about, the thing about brand, to Carter's point, is like when you have a brand, you can sell whatever you want to sell, right? Um, it, you know, look at go look at Nike's Instagram, right? Nike, even though we know them as a shoe company, then when you look at their Instagram, do you see them selling the features of their latest running shoe? No, they're they're selling the lifestyle, the image, the brand, the mindset of someone who embodies what Nike represents, right? And so. When you think about building a brand, don't think about, don't be pigeonholed to the current product that you sell, right? Don't be pigeonholed to whatever it is you do right now. Think about becoming a household name, period, right? And then when you do that, people will pivot with you as you evolve because you already have the brand, right? People love you, right? Your product is your product. And granted, it might be a really great product, but you got to see further down the road. Look at the rock, right? Why is Kevin Hart doing commercials with Chase? And we're not doing commercials with Chase. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Brand. That's why. Right. You can do whatever you want. The Rock has a tequila company. He has yeah. production company. He has own shoe line. Gym you know, line. He has his own energy drink, Zoa. He had, yeah. Like crazy. You know, Jesus. That's your guy, huh? <laughs> yeah. And is the number one, the number one actor in Hollywood right now, which is and he's not even that great of an actor. Slow down. Okay. okay. Opinion. Oh, slow down. Opinion. Get off my man. Get off my man's case. Slow down. Yeah. The Rock is, he has a phenomenal presence and a phenomenal energy. And I think he's such a great human being that it like just transcends everything. But The Rock, come on. We talk about in, in the class of great actors. No, 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 where does drama. The Rock fall on the list? He doesn't do drama movies, like, but like, like, bro, he's a good actor. Okay, that's, that's, that's your guy. I'm, 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 I'm going to let you live on that one. Yeah, I'm going to say, we're going to talk oh, about this offline. <laughs> You're messing up our chances of getting him on the podcast. <laughs> no, nah, I just want him to come on and defend himself. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be like, you see these muscles? I don't need to <laughs> But I think... I love it. I love it. I her brand, what I take from her brand is don't be afraid to be spicy. 
All right. And and Donald, our podcast editor, please don't make this the clip. But <laughs> the beginning of the pandemic, this woman reached out to me. <laughs> I don't know if I should share this, but I'm going to go for it anyways. She reached out to me and she was like, hey, long story short, she was like, hey, I have a deal with these different sugar daddy sites. And she was like, my deal is to teach sugar babies how to like get money from sugar daddies. And she was like, I really need a certified financial planner on my team. Like, can you be on my team? She's like, you're going to be all over the websites and all of the things. <laughs> it was like, like branded as the financial expert. I was like, nah, I can't help these women with that. I can't, I can't take on the stress of that. Okay. But who knows if I had decided to get real spicy, I might be in a different position. (laughs) I mean, Hey, look, we we might have to, uh, the sugar baby, the sugar baby advisor. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, look, you'll be known. I was like, I told her, I was like, look, I appreciate the offer, but like, I really don't want to be seen in this, this light. That's not exactly what I want to be known for, but I appreciate you. But look, some people would probably say they would never name their business slutty vegan. They would never have what what's on the menu there. I can't remember all the things, but of course, everything on the menu is Mm -hmm. not traditional terminology, Mm -hmm. right? So she wasn't afraid to get spicy. Some people just got to get spicy. Maybe that's part of your brand and you just need to adopt that. Yeah. I mean, I think we've all read uh, Russell Brunson's book, right? Uh, Which one was it? Marketing Secrets or Expert Secrets or whatever. Um, And polarization, right? Like you got to be, you got to be willing to like be, you know, have a level of extreme to to your brand. Um, Even Carter, right? It's like, okay, well, He's making a hard line to sand that if entrepreneur or bust, it's like, I, I ain't got nothing against you, Mr. Working yeah. Professional, but like, this is who I'm talking to. And so you got to, if everybody agrees with you, you're doing something wrong. Facts. If everybody agrees with you, you're doing something wrong. Because mm, you're not loyal. I need you to be loyal. You can't just agree with everybody. Yeah. Right. And then like, if when you, when you build that tribe, right, then with people who are, so dope about building the tribe, which she did. If anybody says something about slave vegan, she don't even have to say nothing. Her right. audience is gonna kill that person in the comments before she even can get to it, mm-hmm. right? So when you put that powerful tribe, like not only are they willing to run with you, they're willing to fight against you in any situation that, that needs to happen. So that's a fact. That's so awesome. big, big shout out to Pinky. We see you, Black Excellence at its finest. I think you got a cookbook that's about to drop as well. So many great things. You love to see it, right? You love to see it. And also taking that money that she's making from the business, she's buying buildings, buying condos, buying assets. So like she's doing it the right way. And we wanted to shout you out loud on the show. So Pinky, appreciate you. Just, and you're, you're welcome to the Melanin Money Show anytime, right? Exactly. We'll come to it. Well, one of us, one third of us is already there, right? <laughs> so we'll come on down to Atlanta and we'll even, we'll do an interview in Pinkies, right? Inside, not, I'm sorry, not Pinkies. In Slutty yeah, Vegan. You're Pinkies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we'll, we actually yeah, have a burger spot in Charlotte called Pinkies. That's why I was thinking about that. But <laughs> um, but yeah, so shout out to Pinky. Really, really love what you're doing. And uh, yeah, Black Equity. Black Equity, that's fine. That's fine. Who was the next guest um, we were going to bring up? Um yeah, so actually, I don't. I need to look up her name, but the name of her company is Honeypot. Um, and we actually would not be able to talk about this if we did not have Jacqueline on the podcast because it just wouldn't make sense. Um, about it. I mean, we could. It would be a little weird with two guys, two men talking about uh, women. I was gonna say he just had a baby, but that's a son, so he probably wouldn't. Nope, not. But who would buy this for your wife? 
If she, well, well, yes, we, we, we have what you call it, the thing where they drop the stuff off at your door. So I never have to order that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, but if she needed me to go to the store and get it for her, I would definitely do that. Listen, well, let's, let's, let's pivot really quickly. And while you're pulling up those details, let's talk about helping somebody find their purpose. Right. So I think that there's three things. Right. Kind of think of it as like a triangle and this kind of a triangle can can help you evaluate what your purpose is and help you move toward your purpose. So your purpose is going to become very real when you begin to implement these three things. And if you think about it like this, um, I literally just left my cousin's graduation. So he's graduating high school going on to college. So of course I'm reflecting back on that time. Like, okay, what was I thinking when I was graduating high school and going to college? And for me, I was like, well, I remember that uh, like 80% of freshmen, college freshmen changed their major. Why you change your major? Because you don't know what your purpose is at that point. You don't know what you're interested in. You don't know where exactly you're going to go. So you're trying to evaluate your purpose. But in doing that, a lot of people go to school, right? They go to school, they just start school and they may change their mind later. But what's the key there? The key is that they went to school and they got started. So for people who are trying to find their purpose, if you get started on these three things, it's going to help propel you to your purpose that much faster because sometimes you just have to try things and figure out what sticks. So the first thing at the top of the triangle is the pain of payment. So sometimes you just have to make a payment like to uh, for that course or you need to hire that business coach or you need to hire that person to help teach you what it is that you're trying to learn. Right. Or maybe you need to pay to go to college. The pain of payment helps you to find your purpose quicker because it's just inherent in us that we don't like spending our money, right? Sugarbaby.com or whatever it is, okay? So the other two parts of the triangle are group accountability and the calendar, right? So actually committing to things on your calendar so saying, OK, by this date, I'm going to apply for school. By this date, I'm going to hire a new business coach to help me find my purpose or hire a therapist to work through some things I need to work through. And then the last piece is the calendar effects. I mean, I'm sorry, is the group accountability effect. So maybe you just need to get in the club. Maybe you just need to be in the Melanin Millionaires Club so that you can start getting that group accountability effect to help you find your purpose. Because you'll realize, oh, I can do all of the things, right? I can start all of the business and I can be successful at everything, but you can't do everything at the same time and you're going to get burnt out and you're going to need people to help push you and keep you going because at the end of the day, your willpower just isn't enough. So if you use these three things, you combine all of these, it's going to help your purpose to become real. You know, it said you should get a health checkup at least once a year. My question is, when's the last time you had a financial health checkup? My guess, it's probably been a while, and that's why we created the Wealth Health Score. Whether you're financially out of shape or financially elite, the Wealth Health Score is going to tell you exactly where you stand and what things you can do to get into the best financial health possible. So visit MyWealthHealthScore.com to get your score today. Yeah, and, and love I, love that, that. Love I love that. I love the big three because, like, you know, it, we talk about Black Equity, we talk about the Melon the Money Show and the Melon the Millionaires Club and Melon the Money brand as a unit. You know, George, you had this brand 
you know, the, the clothing brand and then you have the rest of the stuff conceptualized, but I think us three coming together and kind of like bringing those three pillars together, it makes this, this, this business what it is, right? We hold each other accountable, you know, when it comes to all of our goals and what we see, you know, for the club, we make sure we put stuff on our calendar, like the wet, like the podcast and the pop-ups and everything like that. And um, we made sure we all made an investment in this company. So I think Jack and that's a great uh, three pillars that kind of just tailor it all back to, you know, the melanin money brand as in, and it's a black equity together. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you think about it, about, it's the three C's, right? Cash, you got to put your money where your mouth is. Community, you got to get in the room and then calendar, right? You got to put, you got to put a date to it. So that was a great takeaway. I uh, love that. And that rolls us right into our next Black Equity conversation. So um, this wonderful founder's name is Beatrice Dixon. Um, many of you might know her as the founder of The Honeypot Co., which is, I guess you could say like a women's, a plant, I'll just read it, it's a plant-derived feminine care system um, for women, right? <laughs> Yeah, but it's so much more than no, it's I don't know, maybe it is more than that. But literally what makes the company really cool is as a woman, you can go online and like take a test to actually figure out what you need to take care of your body, as opposed to just kind of shooting in the dark of just buying a bunch of different things and trying mm. to figure out what for you. Super so that dope. makes it really. That's super. Dope. I, didn't, I did not know that part. And so the reason why we're bringing her up is because she has built a phenomenal brand and a phenomenal business. And as your brand grows, right, things evolve, right? And so she's always been committed, from my understanding, to ethical, non-toxic ingredients that are amazing for women. Um, but in her evolution, learning new things, right, she found ways to preserve and make the product, you know, even better, right? But without context, people kind of were looking at the packaging and assumed, that, oh, she didn't change the ingredients. She didn't got big time now. She forgot. She got away from what she was supposed to be doing. And people, the very customers that made the business, if you will, in terms of support, are now a lot of the people who are kind of like tearing it down now, right? Because they felt slighted that they felt like in this evolution that they weren't invited into the process of learning uh, what this change really meant because one of the brand pillars was about the ingredients, right? And so she's, the founders kind of been going through it uh, just in terms of like, you know, letting people know what's really going on. There were assumptions that she sold the company and that's why like things are changing and she's selling out. Um, and the reason why we're bringing, up, bringing this up as a part of the black equity conversation is because people can make or break your business, right? Information or misinformation can make or break your business, right? Now, I don't think the Honeypot Co. is a publicly traded company, but if it was, right, news like this could make the stock go down by 10, 15%. It's crazy how much power we have as consumers, right? And so with that power, the same way we have powers as CEOs and entrepreneurs, you also have to be mindful of that power. If you do see something on the internet, right, a screenshot about ingredients or her selling the company or whatever the case may be, do your research before you start adding fire of uh, fuel to the fire to spread this misinformation further because this, this woman, there's, there's people behind these businesses. And sometimes when you see really big brands, you think you can just go into comments and say whatever you want or put stuff online. But there are real people with real feelings who have put their blood, sweat, heart, tears in, in their business. And now you're just tearing them, tearing them down as if they're not even human. So, you know, in this process of building equity, let's never detach the fact that whoever has that equity, there's a person associated with that. And we need to treat those people, you know, with respect. Now to a podcast that we did previously, 
if you don't agree with something, let's say that her ingredients did switch and they weren't unethical or whatever. They did switch. They did switch. They did. Yeah, no, but she, she came out on record and articulated uh, and again, I haven't done my extreme due diligence because it wasn't it wasn't a cause to Carter's point it wasn't a cause to me that was worth like, you know, going super deep on. But like she came out and explained, articulated every addition. Right. What it was, why they made the change and the evolution in the recipe, if you will. And with that, there was no there were no toxic additions. And she you know, mentioned that her family, her daughters, her aunts, you know, still she still uses these products and she would never add anything toxic just to make more money or to make the product more efficient. So that's kind of, you know, my perspective is just like when building black equity as an owner, realize that, you know, there's a lot of power with the people, um, whether that's, and so whether you're on the ownership side of that or you're on the people side of that, just make sure that you're being mindful about your actions and your words, because it can completely impact someone's livelihood. Yeah. And I think from the consumer standpoint, right. We have to understand that, you know, being black in America, like the black dollar, how much power we do have. Right. So, you know, as just as much as that we can shut, you know, people try to shut this company down. We have to understand the value of us coming together and shopping black and, you know, supporting black owners and supporting black equity. And I, and I love where the world's going, but, you know, let's just always be cognizant as black consumers, how much power we have. And if we use that, power and our monetary value to support black owned businesses, we can really help, um, you know, push the black narrative of black entrepreneurship, black equity. And, you know, don't be so quick to shut down our own people's companies. When if Neiman Marcus or the owner of Louis Vuitton mm-hmm. says something, we not really, we don't really come with that same energy, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So let's just make sure right. we be mindful from the consumer standpoint of how much power our dollars have and let's make sure to focus them in the right direction yeah how many times has gucci messed up right and people still yeah gucci got y'all in a chokehold like i don't i don't understand it like gucci's cool but like what's the obsession with gucci like y'all like like jim jones was in gucci and was complaining and like just bro go to another store my guy like (laughs) you know what i'm saying like i don't know maybe i'm built different i don't know i think what's funny can y'all still hear me yeah yeah my computer just me out zoom problem uh, this reminds me though of the cardi b um like lawsuit where she had to sue that blogger who was she, she sued him for defamation and she won oh yeah i heard about that yeah she was like you can't just run around just putting dirt on my name to get your views up and like she actually won in court so mm-hmm. it just kind of sucks that you got a lot of people out here who are just thirsty for you know, clicks and views and clickbait and all of that. Um, so it's kind of hard to watch. And it's like, eventually you may have to take somebody to court and don't be scared to, you know, be legal, stay legal, get legal, all of the above. And the uh, but- a great philosopher, um, you know, more important is lawyer fees. You know what I'm saying? Jay said, you got to have your money right for your lawyers. You never know. Never know when you're gonna need that legal team. Yeah, speaking, so. speaking, of, speaking of black equity, can't, we can't have a black equity conversation without Jay Z, right? Because he is That's a whole thing. He's and I'm becoming more of a Jay Z fan now that you kind of hey. you, you, you're your collection. But man, like he's been preaching black equity for so long, and people just if the music's so good, sometimes it goes over your head and you forget mm-hmm. what he's actually saying. But I just actually watched the interview with him two days ago. And I'm like, bro, like he really, he really been saying from the jump, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, hope did that. So hopefully y'all won't have to go through that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, you know, follow these right. ways, do these things, put your money in the right places, man. And like, you know, um, I think a black equity for the, in the next 10 years is going to look better than the last 10. Absolutely. Absolutely. In the right direction. Absolutely. Jack, what you about to say something? 
Yeah, the that's a that's a really good point. I, I like that talking about Jay um, and the fact we're talking about black equity and the ideas to help free your family mm-hmm. and you know who's done a better example of that than them but it also reminds me of i don't know if y'all remember this but there was um you know during 2020 in the riots there was this video that went viral and it was a woman that was speaking about black equity she was standing in front of a target that had been like looted and was like graffitied and shut down and she was just talking about how she was like why do y'all expect us to care about this neighborhood and care about this target we don't own anything here like Mm -hmm. you know push this out we we don't have any equity here she was like, so why would we care? And it also makes me think of affirmative action. When Carter, when you're talking about we have to intentionally support black businesses, it makes me think of affirmative action. So if you guys aren't familiar with affirmative action, affirmative action is um, that policy in place that says like, oh, y'all have to hire this amount of black people. Y'all have to bring in such minorities and such like groups and stuff. And I don't know that that really took place in the 60s. I don't know where we would be. I would assume we would be much further behind without that. So you know what's crazy about affirmative action that I learned recently is that the way it was written from a minority standpoint and how much women were included in that, that white women are actually the largest beneficiaries of affirmative action. Really? That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That makes based, sense. Upon, based upon when it was written, I, I was like, damn, another loophole. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um that makes, I mean, it makes a lot of sense because, I mean, nobody was being hired, right? It was all boys club. Yeah, yeah it was and, white, white men, then and then and then from there, like women are in general are considered minorities, and so because of the population size of white women, they were able to kind of get a loophole and take advantage of uh, affirmative action, and now they're the largest beneficiaries of it. but that's also like let's think about like welfare like if you need food stamps or ebt or whatever like who's the largest beneficiary of that not people like us so which makes sense because we're still a minority but Mm -hmm. we still need those kinds of things in place so you have a lot of people i'm just thinking like you have a lot of people who really fought for those kinds of things for us to be able to build black equity and for us to not support people who look like us is really a slap in the face to them yeah, yeah, it's a whole fact. It's a whole fact. Which is why, shameless plug, starting in the month of June, every single week, you can find a brand new Black-owned business to support um, in the Melanin Millionaires Club. We'll have a section called Melanin Money Marketplace. Every week, a brand new Black business. Black-owned business in June. Yeah, June, next month. Um, every single week, you can find a new Black-owned business to support um, and, so, and that's just a by the way benefit, right? Just for being a part of the club. You don't got to do nothing special. Just be in the room. And we're going to share a brand new black owned business that you can support every single week um, from now until the end of we until we run out. <laughs> um, we y'all, have, y'all keep starting businesses. We'll never run out. Yeah, we currently have fifty eight hundred ready and ready to go. So it's going to be a while. What's up, guys? Have you ever been just like chilling on the couch and trying to find something to watch on Netflix? and you're browsing, you're scrolling, and you just can't seem to find anything that you either one, haven't already watched or just doesn't seem that interesting, well, I have the solution for you. Because if you're listening to the Melanin Money Show, then I know that you care about taking your financial life to the next level. And that's exactly why we created Financial Flicks. So instead of Netflix and chill, you can Financial Flicks and chill. And you can find on-demand videos across personal finance, wealth building, and entrepreneurship. And right now, you can test drive Financial Flicks for just a dollar by clicking the link in the show notes. Go to melanamoney.com forward slash Financial Flicks and check out all of the on-demand videos we have, plus all the other features that you'll get access to by joining today. 
uh, it's going to be a while. So, but yeah, guys, I mean, you got to support, keep that dollar cir- circulating. Um, now, let's bring my personal faves up to the top. Your personal page. <laughs> okay. I love it. I love it. Um, so that being said, if you're a black-owned business, um, there will actually be a form on the website, on the Melanin Money site. You can submit your business to be shared in amongst our black uh black community, right? Melanin Millionaires Club. So um, we obviously have a pretty large database that we're working with, but we want to support you. So if you listen to this podcast and you're a black-owned business and you want our community to have awareness, there will be a form on the website in June. All you have to do is put your name email, contact information, what your business is, and we will vet it out first, and then we'll get it added to the database. I'm looking at a Melanin Money site, man. It's so legit, bro. We did a great job. I'm just Yeah, yeah it's really fucking amazing. Melaninmoney.com. Look at that ticker. Um, oh, speaking of Black equity, right? I, I definitely want to go, go over this, right? So, like, part of, you know, Black equity is, is, is keeping the equity, and right now, if we're talking about stock market and crypto and even the real estate market at some places, like, um, things are not on the up and up and, mm-hmm. you know, that's to say the least. And I think, you know, the, the one, the number one reasons why black people don't invest is because of the potential of loss. Right. And we're right. seeing, you know, we're seeing red across the marketplace. So GA, you are, you know, lead financial advisor. What can you give, what tips can you give some people who are trying to build black equity, but right now, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the market is not in our favor. Well, the market is not perceived to be in our favor. Yeah, yeah, great, great. So to to Carter's point, um, asset classes across the board are are getting beat up, right? Stock market, crypto market. And so the way you want to think about it, and for whatever reason, I don't know why human psyche is this, right? But it's like you see a stock go down and you think in price and you think it must be doing bad. I got to sell it. I got to get out of this thing, right? But if I pulled up a Ferrari in front of your house, Right. And I said, I'm going to get, I'm going to get it to you for 50 grand. You say, can I get two of them? Is there a third one I can buy? Yeah, yeah. Right. Because you understand, even though the price is lower, the value of the Ferrari relative to the market is still valuable. Right. And you realize that you're getting it on a discount. You can keep it. And if you do want to sell it, you'll probably get a three X return. Right. And so that's what we're experiencing in the market right now. You got to understand that in the pandemic, there was a lot of liquidity that was pumped into the market to keep it propped up. Right. And now, the, you know, the, the, the powers to be, the Fed, they're, you know, they say, hey, look, we got to tighten things up. It was a free for all. You know what I'm saying? We got to tighten things up a little bit. We knew we knew inflation was coming. You don't have to be an economist to know if we print, we're printing all that money. Like we knew inflation was coming. Right. Like it's all of, it's a game of musical chairs, quite frankly. Right. And it's like when the music's on, you have to dance. And so for those of us who were dancing in 20 and 20, 2021, it, it was a great time. Right now, the music's starting to slow down a little bit. And some people who are ill-prepared, unfortunately, will be left without a chair. However, for those of you who have some cash on the sidelines and been wanting to invest, don't let this be a time that you're fearful, right? Let this be a time when you take advantage because millionaires are made in times like these because everybody's so tight with their money. They're afraid they're going to lose their job. They're afraid business is going to slow up. Whereas this is a time when you need to be aggressive. What did Warren Buffett say, guys? Be fearful when others are greedy and be greedy when others are fearful. Be greedy right now, right? And buy the best companies in the world on sale. Let me ask you this question. This will bring it home for you. Do you think Apple's going to be around for another five years? Apple, the company. Yes or no? Do you think Google's going to be around for another five years? Do you think Amazon's going to be around for another five years? If you think that to be true, and of course, do your own research, 
But if you believe some of these top companies are going to be around for at least the next five, right? We probably going to be around for decades. Then don't you think it makes sense to go ahead and grab some right now? And do you also believe that within five years that they're going to be doing better than they are right now? Now, here's the truth. I'll be the first to tell you there's no guarantee of that. But if you have any belief that that's true, then you're getting the best prices when you buy stocks that have decreased in price, right? But the value of the company is still strong. So that's my advice to you is research some of the top companies in the world and take advantage of the sale. Take right. advantage of the sale. And and like I tell people all the time, I love your analogy, but like if Louis Vuitton sends out a, a text message to everybody's phone right now and say everything in the store is 50% off, that line will be six days long, right? And it will probably be predominantly black people in the line, right? But we say like, right, you say like right, if, if we if we say Apple is 25% off, right? You know, Amazon is 30% off. People like, yo, I'm not, I'm about to pull all my money out. But you just went on Amazon yesterday to go order stuff, whatever, to your crib, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, I think it's a great opportunity to talk about this right now while we're in the red. And I, and I hate that all like the, the crypto and the stock people who are talking about the market when it was going up, they better keep that same energy. Right? Right. You know what I'm saying? Because the people that believe in you need to hear you now and they need to hear your losses and they need to hear how calm you are. Mm -hmm. like, I just take my portfolio, one of my portfolios today, I'm down $60,000 in the last 30 days. I'm still smiling as right. if nothing happened because before I started investing, I did a lot of research and I understood like, yo, you know, like one of my things I say, like, yo, if I was around in 2009, would I have mm -hmm. had the wherewithal to stick through that because millionaires and multimillionaires were made during that recession. And I always ask myself, would I have been um, proficient enough to stay the course? And now that we're getting some large pullbacks, I'm checking myself. I remember that time you said, if only you was 25 during, a, during 2008, would you, you know, to take advantage of it? So right now, y'all remember uh, wealth is created during the deepest times of of, uh, of, of of pullbacks, recessions, and things of that nature. So, greedy. And for people who don't understand this, it's a super, super basic premise. The reason why most millionaires and multimillionaires are built during recessions is because investing has a very, very simple premise. And the premise is buy low and sell high. So if you're able to buy low in a recessionary period, then when things turn back around, as they have always done throughout history, you get to be on the winning end of that. And so mm -hmm. today, the Dow Jones actually had its biggest decline since 2020. So it's like a perfect time for us to be having this black equity conversation because it's the perfect opportunity for you guys, especially those who are new to investing, can hop in the market now right. and start to build. Right. And yep. I don't think you have to throw everything that you have into the market right now. You can dollar cost average into the market. You can systematically invest into the market. George actually did a really, really fire class for us. And it's inside of the Million and Millionaires Club about how you can actually use your brokerage account to grow your wealth. And, and mm -hmm. well, we planned for 20 to 40 percent, but that was dur during normal times. Like you guys would have the opportunity to take advantage of even lower entry prices right now. So to everybody listening, we really want to encourage you guys to get all of your investment accounts in order right now. 
And let us know what's going on when we see you at Black Equity Con June 9th. Yeah, Black Equity Con. I'm excited, y'all. It's going to be lit, y'all. It's going to be lit. You know what I'm saying? So it's going to be a good time, man. And, you know, this is going to seem so rudimentary, but I think some people really don't understand, like, the premise of why you have to have equity. So I want to break it down in the most fundamental principle possible. I don't know if you guys can hear that, but that's why every time we have a podcast, they want to cut grass. But the most break it down. Okay, so let's say that I'm a farmer and I have a seed, right? If I eat that seed. What's so funny? You do live, you do live in Charlotte, so. Oh my god! Yeah, and, and, and it's funny, like as soon as you hopped on your horse to do your soliloquy, that that lawnmower got pulled up right up to your window. Like, all right, can y'all relax? Thank you, Jesus. Christ. All right, pretend so he's a farmer. I'm a farmer, right? And I got an option. I can plant that seed or, you know, some people eat seed, like sunflower seeds. I wouldn't, I don't eat seeds, but like you have an option. You can either plant the seed or you can eat the seed. If you eat the seed, it's gone forever. And then you have to go and find more seeds. If you plant the seed, you get an option. You get an opportunity to cultivate that seed and it's going to turn into, let's just say an apple tree. Then you get to pick the apples from the tree year over year. And as long as you're nurturing that tree, that tree is going to, on its own, is going to produce apples year over year over year, right? On its own. Versus if you go and if you eat the seed, then you got to go keep finding seeds, right? You got to go work to find the seeds for nourishment. Whereas now you have a machine or a system that's producing the nourishment for you. And that's what happens when you invest. So people, a lot of people, for whatever reason, they can't process this. If you want to stop working one day, or you want to have the option to not work one day, there's only one way to do that. Instead of you producing the income, something else has to produce the income. It's that simple, right? So if you take all the money that you get from your active income paycheck and you don't go buy, i.e. plant that seed, then guess what? You're going to have to keep going back to work to get the money over and over and over again. But if you say, let me take at least a portion of this, go park it in real estate, go park it in a brokerage account, right? Then what's going to happen is it's going to grow. And it's going to get to a point where now that machine can produce the income that you need instead of you having to produce the income. So retirement has nothing to do with age, right? It has everything to do with assets. So the more seeds you plant, the quicker you cultivate them, financial freedom and financial independence can happen now. Not when you're 65, not when you're 70. We just didn't understand the game. So we assumed that it took that long, Right. But if you have the assets, if you plant the seeds and nurture and cultivate the seeds, you can be free. And that's why it's important, because if you're not doing that, you're in delusion about thinking that one day magically you're not going to have to clock in to work. Right. That's the only way that it works. I want you guys to grasp that concept and pay yourself first. Right. Before you pay a bill, put money in an investment account. Before you pay a bill, put money in somewhere that's going to work for you, because if not, you're always going to have to work for it. You know what that makes me think of? What? It makes me think of proving all of the people who who listen. And they're like, they say money is a tool. They're like, yeah, money is a tool, money is a tool, money is a tool. And I'm like, if you really believe that money is yours and you're really possessive over money, then you aren't using it as a tool. People are oh, it's a tool. I'm going to buy it to, to go get a vacation. And it's like, no, no, no. You have to plant the seed. Right. Like a million dollars is a new average. Like, yeah. like 
Do people are people grasping that? Like we say, millions millionaires for a reason because a million dollars is the new average. And that's okay? real average. So, and that's real average. If you do the math, <laughs> that's real average. I love it here. Turn me up. A million dollars is the new average. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, but think about it. You can only withdraw safely four percent. That's forty yeah, million. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm living below my means. Like, I mean, right. I mean, I'm, I'm not. That's not a fun life at all. Right. So, guys, like, we're not. We're not. Listen. We're, we're not trying to scare you. We're trying to prepare you. That's a bar. We're not trying to scare you. We're trying to prepare you. Listen, you got to get to it. But here's the kick. Here's a kicker. If you attended the class in the club, we talk about cash flow over accumulation. So even if you don't have the million, if you are strategic and you have the money that you need, in this case, peanuts coming from wherever, right? You don't have to have a million dollars invested. But the moral of the story is you got to get aggressive, right? The only thing about me that's passive aggressive is my investments. All right. Quote me on that. You know what I'm saying? Like, listen, you got to start investing. It's important. So to Jacqueline's analogy about tools, and then we'll wrap it up. If you have a toolbox, you got a hammer in there, you got a saw, you got a screwdriver, and it's just sitting in your garage, it's useless, right? You have to hammer something, put up a picture. You got to screw something together, right? Money is the same way. If it's sitting in your bank account, Right, the same way those tools are going to get rusty in the garage if they just get left there idly, your money is going to be worth eight percent less the next year, the next year, and the next year. So you think that you still have the same amount of money, you're protecting yourself, and in actuality, your purchasing power is decreasing every year. So, anyways, guys, we can talk about equity all day long. We'd rather talk to you in person about it at Black Equity Con. So come out to the conference. We can't wait to see you. It's going to be three thousand plus. People in the room, in the building, giving you all the tools, gems, strategies on how to get this black equity. So the question is, are you there? Grab your ticket if you haven't already. The link's in the show notes. We better see you there. I mean, we don't see you there. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, and, and if you're part of the Melanin Millionaire Club, we could have some special events just for you all, exclusive events. So if you're not part of the Melanin Millionaire Club yet, Go join today. It's fourteen dollars for a dollar trial for fourteen days. Go to melaninmoney.com forward slash join. You can try it out for fourteen days for uh, four dollar, and then you can meet us out there, get to know us, and see if you want to stay in the club and be a part of this amazing community. That's a fact. Not to mention, we just updated our tools and resource section. There's over a hundred different tools, resources, and premium articles. There's over one hundred videos inside of the Financial Flicks Library. Um, so guys, I mean, I don't know any other community is doing this, not to mention that we will be releasing our formal Black Wealth State of the Union in June, right? Letting you guys know who don't, who are unaware, what is the true mission of the Melanin Millionaires Club, right? So guys, thanks so much for tuning in. Until next time. Peace. Peace. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Melanin Money Show. If you like this episode, please do us a huge favor leave us a five-star review. And if you're not already, subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend because we're providing this valuable game so that you can level up as an aspiring melanin millionaire. Again, thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next week.